College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? Happy New Year 2022. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden. Everybody listening in Philly on WPHT, welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, this is it. 22 is upon us. I hope you, your family, your loved ones, everybody had an excellent Christmas, an excellent New Year's Eve, an excellent New Year's Day. Welcome to This Is America 2022 edition. So there's no Westminster Dog Show this year because that's been canceled because of the Omicron variant. And of course, what you heard there were the revelers in Times Square, not the mummers coming down Broad Street. And people are celebrating. Now, what's to celebrate? Well, obviously another year and the fact that uh, we're past 2021. But there's a lot of news out there, and not all of it is good. By now, you've probably heard the news about Darby Township Commissioner Marvin Smith, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, charged by police with rape and sexual assault for an alleged incident back in 2017. Business owners, about a week ago, they're saying, uh, we're not safe here after a guy is shot and killed inside of a North Philadelphia store. And you got Omicron everywhere you go. Omicron, as I like to call it, the common cold variant. But this stuff nonetheless has... Healthcare workers burnt out. Now, on the national front, some people are still celebrating the guilty verdict of Ghislaine Maxwell. One of the victims is out there and she's saying, look, Ghislaine Maxwell did not act alone. Others must be held accountable. That's Virginia Jufre. She says, not enough. The now deceased child sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein's most outspoken victim has responded to the guilty verdict of accomplice Ghislaine Maxwell, who I like to call Ghislaine, right? Because that's what it looks like demanding that others must be held accountable. Virginia Jufre, also known as Virginia Roberts, alleges that she was trafficked as a child and raped by Epstein and his powerful friends, including Prince Andrew. And she warned that Maxwell did not act alone. That's a quote directly uh, from Ms. Jufre. Maxwell was found guilty on five of six counts of child sex trafficking charges against her. The jury came to a verdict last Wednesday, just before uh, New Year's Eve. Jufre tweeted on Wednesday that she had finally been granted the justice her soul yearned for after a jury of six men and six women found the British socialite guilty. Now, of course, it's going to come as no surprise to you that a lot of people are not satisfied with this because they say, you know what, Jeffrey Epstein did all these bad things, but yet Jeffrey Epstein will never be held to account because he held himself accountable, quote unquote, when he ended his own life at the Manhattan Detention Center in New York City. But the court has sealed the records of Epstein's Little Black Book, or maybe it's Ghislaine Maxwell's Little Black Book. This is the book that had the names and contact details of about 2,000 people, which is now considered a sealed court document. Surprise, surprise. 
with only a limited amount of material being released, according to the New York Times. That comes to no surprise to me. And that's Judge Allison Nathan. That's the ruling that she made in the Manhattan Federal Court Wednesday. Now, the book has 97 pages containing the names and contact details of just about 2,000 people and was published by Gawker back in 2015 with some redactions. It's long been a topic of fascination for the insight that it provides into the social circles in which Maxwell and Epstein traversed and travailed. And of course, by Epstein, I mean Epstein. So now the government has something to do. They have somebody to track down. They've got people they can go after. The question is, will they or will they do nothing at all? That remains to be seen. But Joe Rogan, he says, well, you know what? I think that Michelle Obama could beat Donald Trump if she runs in 2024. I'm not sure that I totally agree with that, although I could see how somebody could come up with that uh, assessment with that analogy. I get it because people tend to like to go after what's popular, what's shiny, what the best, you know, newest shiny object is. I get it. Joe Rogan said, I really believe if Michelle Obama runs, she wins. She's intelligent. She's articulate. She's the wife of the best president that we've had in our lifetime in terms of like a representative of intelligent, articulate people. She could win. End quote. Best president in our lifetime. Listen, I like Rogan. I love his commentary in the UFC. He was great on Fear Factor. I don't listen to his show that much, but obviously it's one of the best, uh, most popular podcasts out there. So I'm sure he's doing something right. But I got to tell you, thinking that Barack Obama was one of the best presidents we've ever had or the best in our lifetime. Oh, boy, we've got a problem here, Houston. And yeah, I know we're in Philly, but yeah, we got a problem here because obviously Barack Obama ushered in the era of hating the police. Now, this sentiment existed, but it was on the fringe. And he ushered in this era where where he constantly made these comments that were anti-police, painting them all as racists, in my opinion, put a target on those five police officers that were shot in Dallas. That was Barack Obama. It was Barack Obama who lit up the White House in the colors of the gay flag. It was Barack Obama who campaigned in Germany while he was trying to become president of the United States, promoting the idea of global citizenship, a tacit rejection of American sovereignty, of American citizenship. Kids in cages started under Obama. Unaccompanied minors started under Obama. Stopping the testing for the H1N1 pandemic in 2009, that started with Obama and Biden. And it's funny how Biden just did the same thing again. They said, hey, you should get 700 million tests back in October. He said, no, no, I'm I'm good. I'm not interested in those tests. Then right before Christmas, all right, I'm going to order a bunch of tests. Imagine what these numbers for the Omicron variant would look like if we had all of the tests that were available because people all over the place are looking for tests and they can't necessarily find them. Just imagine. That's a trick that he learned with Obama. If there's no tests, we can't report the numbers. It's bad enough as it is with limited tests. We've got the highest numbers we've seen ever in terms of uh, infections. Thankfully, these infections don't result in anything more than a common cold for most people. Thank God. But this thing continues to uh, move and to be more infectious each time, it seems. That was Obama. The funding for the Wuhan Institute of Virology, that was Obama. So for Joe Rogan to say that Obama was the best president of our lifetime, oh boy, I think it's time for somebody to have their head examined, right? Now, the way I keep from having my head examined, I try to share all of my thoughts with you guys. This is kind of like journaling, right? But I journal on the radio. And another thing that I do is I use an app called Noom. 
Noom helps me keep everything in focus. I keep everything uh, straight ahead, straight away. I'm focused on what I got to do, whether it's staying hydrated, counting calories, making sure I don't overeat, making sure I manage my mood. You know, I can actually put happy faces and sad faces into the app so I can manage my mood. And this way I know what's ticking me off and what isn't. And obviously when I'm reading about Barack Obama, sometimes that stuff ticks me off. (laughs) But Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash this is America. Noom.com slash this is America is where I would ask you to go if you want to check out your own personalized trial of this app. Noom.com slash this is America. It's an app. You can do it anytime, anywhere. It'll help you with everything from your mental health to your hydration to your eating habits. I highly recommend it. It'll help you carve out some time each day to focus, to meditate, even to pray if that's what you like to do. Noom.com slash this is America. That's where I would encourage you to go if you want to check out a trial of this app. Now, straight ahead, we're going to talk about all of the other things that are happening. There's a lot of crazy headlines out there. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. Mr. Call Screener, who is a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. Well, thank you, sir. Welcome back, everybody. Rich Valdez. This is America at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on that I think you guys should pay attention to. Obviously, it's 2022. We've got a bunch of new things to look forward to, some of the old things. But one of the new things that's, I think, something we should celebrate, right, or at least say, whew, sigh of relief, is that the Democrats have finally given up on trying to tax unrealized capital gains. This was crazy. They were trying to say, oh, you know, the money you haven't made yet on your stock portfolio or on selling these assets, these unrealized gains, we're going to tax those. Absolute insanity. Now, it appears that they've thrown in the towel on their plan to uh, tax these unrealized gains because it was blasted as what I just said, insanity. And this is in townhall.com. This was expected to hit earners with a billion dollars in assets or a hundred million dollars in income for three consecutive years. The Wall Street Journal reported this back in October. At the time, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said the plan would help get capital gains, which are an extraordinarily large part of the incomes of the wealthiest individuals. And right now it escapes taxation until they're realized. Right. Until you actually sell these assets. Well, obviously, if I've got a ring on my finger and I'm just being facetious here, but and I sell the ring or I sell a Rolex, I make the money when I sell it. 
I can't be taxed for appreciated value. What if it goes down in value? What if I lose it? No, but that's what they were trying to do. And this is exactly what they're doing in addition to what they've always done with the death tax. So I'm happy to hear that. Now, in other news, and this is something that I shared on the program before, right before Christmas, you heard about how people were being flown into Pennsylvania, right? Illegal immigrants from the border were being flown into Pennsylvania in the dead of night. As recent as Thursday, right? The day before New Year's Eve, people were being flown in under the radar. Now, Governor Tom Wolf is saying the migrant flights only pass through Scranton. I said Philadelphia, I meant Scranton. And they only did this while they were en route to their final destination. No, they were just passing through, right? You get caught with uh, something you're not supposed to get caught with when you're a teenager. It's not mine, it's my friends. I swear I was just holding it for him. <laughs> uh, the things they come up with. Anyway, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf says that politicians inquiring about migrant ghost flights are getting the facts wrong. Wolf told Fox News in a statement on Wednesday that migrant flights arriving at the Wilkes-Barre Scranton International Airport in December were not ending their journey there, but just passing through on their way to their various guardians and sponsors. All right, so let's say there was one last person that was getting off in San Diego. It makes the story more egregious. We dropped some off in Philly, I mean, in, in Scranton. We dropped some off uh, across the way, maybe another stop in Ohio, ending up in Alaska. Who knows? My point is, he's trying to make it look like they were just stopping. If they were stopping, there was for a purpose, right? Or am I just making this up? In his quote to Fox News, he says, had any of the elected officials sending letters and statements asked, they would have received the same information that we have from the Department of Health and Human Services. Over recent weeks, unaccompanied children passing through Wilkes-Barre have been en route to their final destination to be unified with their parents or vetted sponsors. And that's according to Press Secretary Elizabeth Reminter, who uh, made that statement on Wolf's behalf. They went on to say these are not ICE flights, as the senator claims. No, but the information about the ICE flight is how it was listed in the um, flight log by the third-party company that manages that. Now, in other news on the federal front, an armed man with a hit list, including the names Joe Biden and Tony Fauci, was arrested in Iowa on his way to the White House. This happened uh, just about a day or two before New Year's Eve. Authorities in Iowa have arrested a man who was found during a traffic stop to be carrying a rifle and a quote-unquote hit list. This hit list included President Biden, Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious. Why is it that they always add that? Like nobody knows who Dr. Fauci is? The nation's top infectious disease expert. (laughs) It's almost like he's like, if you say that, I will pay you extra. Anyway, according to the Los Angeles Times, Kwaksha Brillion Kshong, that's K-U-A-C-H-U-A, brilliant, like brilliant with no T at the end and with an O instead of an A. Last name, Xiong, X-I-O-N-G, from Merced, California, was taken into custody last week after allegedly telling police who pulled him over because he was driving aggressively. So if you're going to arm yourself to the nines and have a hit list with you, obviously you want to drive around aggressively so that you'll get pulled over, right? Authorities say they found an AR-15 type rifle. I don't know. Is it an AR-15 or is it not? Ammunition, body armor, medical kits, a grappling hook in Seung's vehicle. Seung's hit list of targets was compiled from TikTok videos. According to court records, in addition to Biden and Fauci, the Times reported that the list included former presidents Clinton and Obama and Facebook chief executive, or now Meta chief executive, Mark Zuckerberg, amongst others that were on the list. Now, according to court records, it says here, and according to uh, Secret Service agent Justin Larson, 
Xiong believes he's the only person remaining who can free the United States of evil, and it's necessary for him to kill those in positions of power. And that's according to the LA Times that reported this originally. Wow. So you've got this guy, and this is the reason why. Call me what you want. Call me Mr. Softy. Call me Milk Toast. Call me whatever you want. But I don't get on here. I tell people they got to rise up, but I don't mean in a capital uh, January 6th kind of way. I mean in a very, very specific way, like at your school board, at your local rally, organize the local rally. Do what you got to do so that you're heard. Let's make a change. Run for the office. Run for the school board. Do what you got to do. If you can't do it, help them get elected. Run. Knock on doors. I don't mean to put a gun in your car and start traveling Lord knows where to go hurt people. Come on. Really? But this is so there's so many people that that are on edge and this is what they think they have to do. They're going to keep getting caught. Notice how these guys don't get killed. If you hated Trump, you think people didn't hate Trump? Trump's golfing away at Mar-a-Lago. Nobody got to kill him. And I'm sure there were tons of attempts on his life. They keep these guys incredibly safe. And by these guys, I mean presidents of the United States. What I find interesting is that nobody tries to shoot the people that don't have security, right? I mean, yes, they shot Steve Scalise, and and I don't encourage that, and that was a Bernie Sanders whack job. But nobody goes after Pelosi, and she does have security. For the most part, all these members of Congress, they go back to their district, they're hanging out. They're hanging out in D.C. And the point I make is, I'm not saying that, you know, if you're going to do it, do it right. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that it's frustration. People just want to do things. They, they freak out. They, they know that they're not even going to be able to do it. Like the guy that drove his car onto the White House lawn years ago. People just do this stuff. I'm sure they may try to get it done if they actually have a chance. But for the most part, most people are just frustrated with what's going on. Just like you are, just like I am. But we have to channel that and do the right thing. Otherwise, we end up like these whack jobs getting locked up. Now, there's a couple of other stories that I want to get to, but before we get to those, but I will tell you a little bit of a tease. It has to do with brothels. Yeah. Don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S with you guys today. And uh, what I find interesting about what's going on is that, you know, Trump is, he's out there. I mean, he's out there like he's running for president. He keeps saying he is, but he isn't. I really hope that he is because I think America needs uh, another four years of Trump to get us. Well, honestly, right now, they're just going to get us out of the mess that Biden got us into. It would have been nice to have that second term where he could have really started to right the ship that was going so wrong. But that's where we are. Now, speaking of that, Biden is ending his presidency on a really bad note. I I should say ending the first year, 2021. 
only 29% approval rating from independents. And this is in a poll that came out at the uh, end of December, I think December 20th from Marist College. This is pretty bad. 29% approval rating for just amongst independents. Now, can he come back from that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, his overall in the PBS NewsHour Marist poll is 41%. So I think he can he can try to salvage this, but doesn't look good for Biden. It doesn't look good. And I think that's why so many Democrats are jumping ship, jumping ship because they know this isn't going to work out with a president that's as unpopular as he is. What are you going to do now? Before we were talking about these ghost flights that happened overnight and whatnot. And honestly, that was a segue. And I just forgot and stayed with that story. (laughs) It was a segue to the story that I wanted to share that was published on December 26th in Fox 10, Yuma, Arizona headline. Uber drivers are aiding the transport of illegal immigrants from the border to the U.S. interior. That was interesting, right? And I I mentioned this, I think, on the last show, but I wanted to share it with you again because this, to me, is really uh, interesting. I used to say, well, it's not really an open border. I mean, there's border patrol. You have to stop. You have to sneak in. You can't just walk in. Well, it seems that in, in some places that are unpatrolled and unprotected, especially the the parts that are most shallow of of the Rio Grande River. They're walking right in. Now, I know that this was the case years ago, 2014 or 2015. I produced a story with James O'Keefe when I worked with James O'Keefe at Project Veritas. And the story was on him coming across the Rio Grande River. And he just waded right across. Now, what was really interesting is to add insult to injury at the time, he wanted to dress up as somebody very popular and make a, a big scene of it. So we had a meeting and we decided he was going to dress as Osama bin Laden because Osama bin Laden had already been assassinated at that time. So we knew people would realize he's not a real terrorist and they don't like drone and strike him down. But he did. He did it like four times. We only aired one, one, one of the crossings on the final video, but it was clear that you can kind of just walk across. Now the authorities at the time said, Oh no, we thought because you know, um, he had originally gone down there with some sheriff, Arvin West, that, you know, he was allowed to be there. So we didn't see it. But we have sensors and our sensors told us that there was activity. But nobody showed up. They, they didn't show up and say, hey, what are you guys doing? Why are you crossing into Mexico and crossing back and then crossing into Mexico and crossing back? Because it was literally like crossing a street. And that seems to be what's happening. So when people are getting outside of the border zone, once they get past the checkpoints, they're calling Uber. And now illegal immigrants are regularly using Uber to travel from the border to destinations within the interior of the United States. And a couple of these drivers talked to Fox News. One driver said the riders confirmed to him that they were in the U.S. illegally. Another driver said he deduced their immigration status because of the circumstances, picking them up on the side of the road with bags and they were in large groups in remote locations of the border and their destinations ended up being hotels. Isn't this crazy? Now, equally as crazy is this idea of critical race theory and these left-wing ideas that are ruining the medical field. And this is according to critics, and this is a piece that I'm looking at here on Fox News, because the influx of left-wing ideology is not just happening in schools and in the media, it's happening in the medical profession. Surprise, surprise, Marxism seeps its way into absolutely everything. Now, the medical field is seeing an influx of left-wing ideas about race and identity, according to reports and experts. One of them, Dr. Sally Sattel, she declared in an article in Quillet, or is it Quillette, which I like to read. It's very, very um, cerebral, but it's a, it's a great site. 
that indoctrinologists, as she coins them, were distracting medical professionals from their rightful purpose. Satel and others pointed to examples like Boston physicians arguing for racial preferences in admissions. Wow. Fox News has also reported on the American Medical Association's endorsement of critical race theory and using the type of theoretical buzzwords that have emerged in institutions all across the country. Quote, in important ways, I hardly recognize my profession, Satel wrote. Last year, the Association of American Medical Colleges informed medical students and schools that they must employ anti-racist and unconscious bias training and engage in interracial dialogues. Now, these are things I think that go without saying. You should not be a racist. But the big issue here is people say, no, no, no. If you're not an anti-racist, you're a racist. So it's like if you're not against murderers, you're a murderer. Well, I think most of us are against murderers the same way I think most of us are against racism. But that's not enough. She also highlighted the American Medical Association, the AMA, their plan to push upstream to address all determinants of health and the root cause of inequities dismantling structural racism and intersecting systems of oppression through their work as healthcare providers. Wow. Now, this is fascinating to me because recently my buddy Ben Ferguson was talking about this stuff on the radio, and I started doing some research on it. And some of the articles that I came across, like one in the International Journal of Health Policy and Management, and this is a little bit older, but it goes back to an idea where doctors were suggesting that they should deny treatment to obese patients. And the consensus at the time was that the denial of treatment to obese patients is the wrong policy for, on what they call personal responsibility for health. And that's what they're calling this. Now, some doctors, the same doctors that would support this, that say, no, 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 listen, if you're diabetic or you're getting cancer because you're fat, you're obese, that, that will work with you on that. But if you're dying of COVID or anything else, but you are not vaccinated, well, then we might just have to speed this up and help you die. And again, I'm being super facetious here, but that is the gist of this. They're not doing assisted suicide in the United States. That might be happening elsewhere. But they call this personal responsibility for health. And this idea of personal responsibility for health is just that, where doctors say, no, we're not going to treat you if you're fat. But yet that's what they're considering. Another article here, this one is in the uh, Journal of Medical Ethics on their blog by Franklin G. Miller from earlier this year. And it's titled The Irresponsibility of Personal Responsibility. And this guy is not necessarily some radical right winger. He writes, in the face of another surge of infections, hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19, Nine of 10 states with the highest number of cases per capita voted Republican in the 2020 presidential election. So think about that. This is in a medical journal. And the, the first sentence in this piece is about political preference. I tell you, if we don't get the right people elected to make political preference and political ideology and how you identify as a political person, if we don't get that to be a protected class, we are going to become second-class citizens really, really quick. And I know many of you right now are saying, Rich, we're already there. Well, we've got to work to protect that. A common refrain, back to the piece, a common refrain of Republican politicians and those on the right side of the political spectrum is that wearing a face mask or getting vaccinated is a matter of personal responsibility. In a sense, this is true. Under current conditions of widespread infection by the re readily transmissible Delta variant, it is the responsibility of individuals to wear masks in public settings and become fully vaccinated. And if they fail to wear a mask or become vaccinated, then they are being irresponsible. 
This is my analogy to the obese, which I was once a part of, probably still am, (laughs) but we'll get to that later. But this is not what is meant by invoking personal responsibility, quote unquote. As an individual stance and a political statement in the pandemic, rather, the mantra of political responsibility is meant to claim that individuals should be free to decide whether or not to wear a mask and to become vaccinated, and that these decisions should not be subject to penalties or constraints imposed by government, imposed by businesses or other institutions. Mandates to wear masks and become vaccinated are viewed by many of those on the right and their political representatives as unjust interferences with the values of freedom and personal responsibility. Such a stance, however, misunderstands these values. So here's the doctor giving us a lecture saying, listen, if you believe that you have a right to your own body, similar to the women that say my body, my choice, then you're misunderstanding these values. You do not. You only have a right to hurt yourself and kill yourself if you don't hurt or kill me in the process, right? That's what they're saying in effect. Because by you not wearing a mask, you're infecting others. By you not getting vaccinated, you're infecting others. It reminds me of this photo, a little meme that a buddy of mine sent me. And one guy's walking down the road next to another guy and it's raining. And the one guy has an umbrella, the other guy doesn't. And he tells him, hey, hey, I'm going to get wet because of you. The guy with the umbrella, he's telling the guy with no umbrella, hey, if you don't open up your umbrella, I'm going to get wet. And obviously it's a play on this idea that, you know, if you don't wear your mask, you're screwing me over. But the point of this is that this idea of personal responsibility is being perverted and power is being usurped and taken from the people so that now you are the bad guy. You are the one that's guilty. You are the one that isn't going to get medical treatment. Absolutely astounding. Anyway, straight ahead, I want to talk about those crazy stories. Plus, I did a really good interview with a uh, doctor who uh, wrote this book on wokeism. And I think it's pretty interesting. So if we get a chance, I'm going to plug that in. But don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. Welcome back, everybody. Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And uh, there's a bunch of crazy stories I mentioned uh, around the topic of brothels. And I, I found them to honestly be remarkable because of I didn't know all this stuff was happening. Like people are actually operating brothels somewhat, um, I guess it sounds cheesy if I say illegally, but like not in Vegas, right? <laughs> people are doing this like right out of their homes. And we take this one a little south, right? Channel 6 News, Orlando, Florida. A brothel in a fancy home. A Jacksonville area pool home situated in a gated country club of multi-million dollar homes with its own golf course is where they hid this thing. Behind closed doors, this well-kept property was more than just a fancy home. It was a brothel referred to online as the, quote, the fungeon run by a woman who called herself Madam D. She was arrested in January for running an illegal adult business and maintaining a home for prostitution. Wow. Madam D, or Domino, said that none of the women living in the house were forced to have sex with anyone and they did not receive any money in exchange for sex. Domino said that she'd been building an education website on prostate and sexual health. She says, I'm a dominatrix. I'm Madam D. I'm a madam because my interest is in caring and raising women to become leaders. I want to give them guidance and all the avenues that they need 
to be able to support themselves, Domino said, Madam D. Well, thank you, Madam D, but she's not the only one. And I thank her for her liberation of women, right? Because she's, she's a real feminist, apparently. Really on the forefront, on the cutting edge here. But the Sun, the U.S. version of the Sun, the newspaper, thesun.com, is reporting that a cyber brothel claims that it has customers that are surging right now during the pandemic as people feel safer with, get this, sex dolls. I mean, I wanted to do a crazy story. I didn't know it was going to take me this far. This is December 29th, 2021 by Charlotte Edwards in The Sun. The world's first cyber brothel says it's seen a surge in clientele during the pandemic. The cyber sex experts think the increase in popularity is due to people feeling safer with sex dolls and sex technology than real humans. What in the world? A representative from Kokoshi Cyber Brothel in Berlin told The Sun, Quote, we saw a surge in clientele during the pandemic because I think people feel safer with dolls. But of course, this is also dependent on our high standard of hygiene. Beyond that, I think people are just exploring their desires just a little bit more during the pandemic. You can see that in the growth of the uh, technology industry overall. A lot of big international questions are coming up for people, and this can lead to an experimental spirit. Right? He questions the... Uh, the reporter. Anyway, that's what's happening there. But that's not the only crazy news out there. Something that we thought would never happen, but Philadelphia's former mayor, a Democrat, is blasting the liberal district attorney, Larry Krasner, who claimed the city doesn't have a crisis of crime. Michael Nutter, former Philadelphia mayor who is black and recently accused the city's white liberal district attorney of dismissing the pain of black residents who suffer from violence after D.A. Krasner claimed that the city does not have a crisis of lawlessness, despite a record-breaking 550 homicides this year. Asked about the troubling rise in homicides in the city, Krasner said, we don't have a crisis of lawlessness. We don't have a crisis of crime. We don't have a crisis of violence. He's blind. In an interview with the Washington Post published last week, Nutter blasted Krasner for disregarding the pain of black residents who are victims of violence while claiming to actually support them, saying, quote, it all goes back to supremacy paternalism. I'm woke. I'm paying attention. I spend a lot of time with black people, some of my friends and all that BS, Nutter told the newspaper. And so you get a guy like Larry Krasner, who is the great white hope, and I'm going to ride in on a white horse with a white hat. Doesn't sound very happy. Krasner apologized for his comments during a visit to the Love Zion Baptist Church, a black congregation in North Philly, saying that he did not acknowledge the pain and the hurt that people feel in the city of Philadelphia. And that's a quote. And that, quote, those words were the wrong ones, end quote. The district attorney later told the Washington Post that he had failed to provide important context when answering the reporter's question about the rise in crime. What context do you need? 550 murders, you're breaking records. You suck at your job. You're not prosecuting anybody unless your job is to not prosecute people. He said, quote, one of my mistakes was I was having a conversation that I've had hundreds of times. I was saying things poorly that I've said hundreds of times. If you're saying things poorly hundreds of times, look, I mess up speaking. My job is to speak. If I mess up hundreds of times and I do it poorly, I won't be back for the 101st time, right? People don't bring you back. That's the problem with these elected officials. Anyway, Krasner goes on. He says, but the fact is, to some extent, I was situationally unaware that I was talking to everyone in Philadelphia. It's just like foundational 
that we all care about victims and what happens to them. And we know how wrenching and horrible that is. He argued that his approach, which includes less jail time and public health uh, support for drug use, has significant support amongst the city's black residents. He denied Nutter's accusations that he sees himself as a woke white savior coming in to rescue black residents. Of course he denies it, but that's exactly what he's doing. That's what all of the liberals do. One of the areas I actually agree with Malcolm X when he said the most dangerous thing to the African-Americans in this country are white liberals. Anyway, Nutter goes on, excuse me, Krasner goes on. It's 100% accurate that I am a white man that has enjoyed some white privilege, Krasner said. But it wasn't just skinny white vegan lefties who liked what I was saying. It wasn't just well-educated white professionals. It was in many ways the kinds of clients I had represented for 30 years as a public defender, as a civil rights lawyer, and as a criminal defense lawyer. It was those people who thought I was saying the right thing and it resonated with them. Nutter told the Washington Post that while Krasner has apologized, he still holds a wrong and dangerous worldview and accused the liberal DA of following political trends in an effort to get elected to higher office. Saying, quote, I think he really just wants to tear the system down and tear it apart with seemingly no idea as to how to build it back up, Nutter said. Larry's got that paternalistic mindset of, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to right all the wrongs that have historically been going on. And there certainly are challenges in the law enforcement community, no question about it. But good people still want to be safe. Absolutely. Amen. Hallelujah. This mayor gets it. Nutter believes that reform can coexist with an increased police presence that is needed to fight crime. One of the best things city officials can do for black communities struggling with violent crime is to rid the city of criminals, he said. Well, how's that for brilliance? I think that's absolutely the right approach. It's the right way to attack the problem. And personally, I don't even think we need police reform. I think the reform that we need is more police. I think we need to be tougher. I think you need the broken windows theory, the Rudy Giuliani approach, where we toughen up a little bit so that we have a safer community and people feel better, right? New York became New York's uh, America's safest city when there were five cops on every single corner and police vans all over the city. And it was... Times Square was all about Disney. It was safe. It was clean. And that's what we've got to do in every major city across America, because if we stand for nothing, we will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. That's all I've got. I wish you the best 2022 ever. I'll be with you again sometime soon. Until then, make sure you subscribe to the program through your podcast app and check it out on iHeartRadio if you get a chance or on odyssey.com. We're everywhere. This is America with Rich Valdez. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez. Until next time, America. And this is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash Rich.